Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and once again, I'm joined by my two special guests, Sean Blackburn and Evan Etheridge. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Feeling good about the series. Ready for it to start tomorrow, man. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait for Tuesday to come. It's going to be a good series. Yeah, this is, the best, for... this is the best time of the year, bro. This is the best time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for one o'clock tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Um, but <laughs> gonna be we, should, we should talk about that for a second, actually, before we get into this. The start times. Yeah, let's dive into that. Pretty silly. Um, nothing too surprising, though. The Braves have had to play at one o'clock in like, the past, like I think, since like, 2018, 2019, since they started making the playoffs again. They've pretty much been playing at one o'clock in the DS every year. Um, I just think it's kind of dumb that they're refusing to make teams play at the same time. Like if they just they think that all the other fan bases are gonna be able to watch this game at one o'clock on a Tuesday when that's just not the case. Like I guarantee you, the Cleveland Guardians and Seattle Mariner fans are not gonna be tuning into this game, especially the Mariners. It's gonna be nine a.m. <laughs> over there. Yeah, the yeah. Starts. So I just think it's kind of dumb, but yeah. Just yeah. All the thing. all the West Coast guys got a good. Um, we're gonna be going off at eleven o'clock West Coast time. Uh. For, for game one, but I mean, that's expected when you got the Yankees and the Dodgers and you got those big markets. Uh, I, I expected this, uh, but, but it still sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. too surprised with it. Just, I mean, like you said, the Dodgers and Yankees, especially with the Yankees having this magical year or good year. And then the Dodgers doing the same thing. They're just always going to get that. Those last two slots, those six and eight o'clock game starts. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate because it's. I remember last year I went. I went to Game Three of the DS, the first home game, and it was at one o'clock on a Monday, which is just like <laughs> the worst possible time to play a playoff baseball game. <laughs> but it was still packed last year, so I expected to be filled out. The Braves obviously oh, fill yeah, it up yeah. every chance they get, so I'm expecting there to be a good crowd. But it just sucks from people watching at home and people got to work and stuff like that. But um, I digress. We'll get into actual baseball stuff now. Uh instead of the scheduling conflicts that baseball has with their fans. So um, first things first, we'll talk about the breaking news that happened this morning at like 9 a.m., I think. Just out of absolutely nowhere, the Braves announced from their Twitter, per usual, that uh, they extended Spencer Strider to a six-year deal that's worth $75 million and includes a, a club option for the 2029 season that is worth $22 million, and it has a buyout for $5 million. So, um I know Evan texted me right as I, I right as I woke up. I hadn't got on Twitter or anything yet, and Evan texted me and um, so like let's go Strider. And I was like, oh, is he is he healthy? Is he going to pitch? That's what I thought it was. I get on Twitter and it's like he's extended. It's just out of absolutely nowhere, which is which is usual for Anthopolis and the Braves. They just drop stuff at random times, like the Charlie Morton thing that we talked about last week, and even like the Austin Rally extension was at the trade deadline, which you don't really do extensions at the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, just uh, interesting timing. But um, I was happy about it. What did you guys think? Yeah, it was uh, it was great to wake up to this morning. Uh, I know I texted you as soon as I saw it, and uh, you know it, it's it's always a little riskier when you when you have a pitcher, um, you know, extending a pitcher, especially this early on with with a couple uh, injuries uh, he's had this year. Um, but I, but I love the deal. I mean, it's going to be super team friendly for the next couple of years. Um, it, it's not really going to interfere interfere with our, uh, you know. Um, you know, money spent the next couple of years and then, and then it picks up later on in the deal. But I think it's a great deal. Very team friendly. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I was in the airport just scrolling through Twitter. When I saw the news, I get the Twitter notification uh, from Jeff Passan and it's brave sign Spencer Strider. And I look at it. So off, off of that, I'm already happy. And then I look further into the details and you're like, wait, we're getting this guy for $6 million for the next three years total. And then obviously it jumps up after that. But yeah, I mean, there's, you can't really be upset about that deal. He's a, uh, what Strider probably 22, 23 right now. Mm-hmm. So just like everybody else we've signed for long-term deals, they're getting them early. He's still going to have a chance to sign a big contract or bigger contract if he's worth that by the time this contract's over with. So, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win for both sides. 
Um, but Anthopolis, Anthopolis, he just he does it again. Does he it doesn't again. surprise me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, even if like you get the shock at first of these deals when you like really think about it, it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty um pretty common for him. But I'm glad you mentioned Evan because there is like a little more risk to this deal than all the other ones in the past. Like I wouldn't put this one in the same bucket as like the Acuna, Albies, and Michael Harris contracts because those are just like actually ridiculous. Um, like you said, Strider, he's already he's violent injury right now as he signed the contract, which is not mm-hmm. a major, major thing or anything. But, you know, um, guaranteeing him this money that far down the road and a guy that pitches the way he does just so hard. Like it's definitely there's definitely yeah. some risk here for sure. But still, I, I think you do this deal 10 times out of 10 still. I mean, it's really not going to really kick in until 2026 when he makes 20 million. But um, I still think that's a good value because, you know, you saw right now in 2022, Charlie Morton just got paid $20 million. Like pitcher salaries are very expensive and they're only going to get higher. So I think there's a very, very good chance that the $20, 22000000 million that they're going to pay him in five or six years is going to be a huge bargain. Because if he's the guy he is right now in four or five years, he could command like the Max Scherzer contract of $40 million. Mm-hmm. And um, Definitely. And you're cutting that in half, but you got to assume he's that good, which I don't think there's any reason to think that he wouldn't be. I mean, even if he's like a little worse than he was this year, it's still a really good deal because I mean, he's, he's got nasty stuff and he's very young and I think it's, I think it's going to age well, but um, one thing they did do it's on its face. It looks like it's a extension for like a long time, but really all they did was add two his first two free agent years onto this with the 2028, 22 million, then the club option. Of 2029, but still buying out those uh, um, last two arbitration years for 20 million, 22 million. Like I said, if he's pitching at the way he is right now, his arbitration number would be at the same, if not higher. So I think um, there's a very, very large likelihood that this is a good deal for the Braves, but definitely one that has a little bit more risk to it than some of the position players they signed. Cause this is the first pitcher they've extended. You know, it's all yeah. been all the position players. So I put this one more on the side of like the Austin Riley and Matt Olson deals, which those are obviously good deals for the Braves, but there's definitely a little more risk there than with the Acuna, Albies, and Harris deals. So, uh, yeah. And um, another thing about Strider, um, big day for him, obviously, but another elephant in the room with him is his health. And um, he threw off a mound yesterday, and the Braves were very impressed, they said, um, of him throwing off the mound. And Strider said that he actually feels better in some ways than he did before he got hurt. Um, because because he, he said that his arm is getting a little more rest with him not pitching all this time, uh, so that's that's definitely encouraging. Um, we'll talk more about uh his role in the DS in a minute when we talk about the roster. But uh, yeah, what do you what do you guys think about um him saying that he feels better than he did before he got hurt, which is a uh, pretty scary for the Phillies or any other team in the National League. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the I can't remember who did the interview. But it was just a one-on-one interview, and it was how Strider takes care of himself and all the things he likes to do and his stretches. And, I mean, he takes – I feel like he's probably up there, probably top in with in the Braves organization, probably MLB, is just how he takes care of his body. And I'm pretty sure he's vegetarian. So, like, his body is a, a temple, I guess you could say. I think that's a reference that athletes like to call it. So that really doesn't surprise me because, I mean, he's he's stretchy. He does these crazy stretches, just like all pitchers, I'm sure he does, you know, arm care work, plyo work, bands, all that good stuff uh, to take care of his arm. Uh, but he he takes it to a different level. So it doesn't surprise me. And he's still young. So I'm sure he's going to recover from this injury. And it really doesn't surprise me that he feels better with the rest that he's been able to get uh, just from not throwing full go. Uh, for a couple weeks so I yeah. hope he's ready for this DS to play some kind of role uh, if he's not starting then maybe a bullpen guy if, if that's how they want to use him but yeah it, it doesn't surprise me yeah yeah when he um you know he's a very fit guy obviously you can tell just just looking at him on the mound but uh and his giant quads you, you know you can see those <laughs> um but but yeah coming out of the bullpen early in the year he he had a very long year uh transitioning so i think that rest is is going to be great for him especially if he can make the roster here in the ds uh he, he should have a, a nice fresh arm uh you know he says he feels good throwing off a mound so um i wouldn't be surprised if he if he comes in you know still still pumping 99 100 oh yeah and i got yeah. i got one question for y'all 
how long do you think it will take for teams to start mimicking these deals that Anthopolis is throwing out? Because, I mean, nobody else is doing that to where they're, they have a guy that's only been playing for like a year. Like not even Michael Harris hasn't even been playing for a year and he's already got a long-term deal. So it's just surprising to me because I saw on Twitter and it's like Anthopolis is setting the precedent for other teams to lock up their long-term guys before they even maybe turn into what they project them to be, which I know Julio mm-hmm. Rodriguez did, did something like that. He, he got a huge deal, but really not many other teams are doing what the Braves are doing with locking up guys that are in their first and second years before they even hit arbitration or anything like that. Yeah, that was the example I was going to say was the Mariners, but they what they did with Julio before he even played a full season. Like I think with the the escalators in his contract, it can uh be up to like an oh, eighteen year contract yeah, or something crazy. ridiculous. Yeah. Um. They and they also just locked up Luis Castillo, which he's not a super young guy, but he's a guy that's in his prime. I think that's like the only reasonable comparison, really. I mean, I mean, other teams have locked up the guys like the Padres locked up Tatis, but that was not a super team friendly deal. That was for three hundred million dollars. So there really isn't. Yeah. I mean, a precedent for this There's... at all. And I don't. I don't know if it, a t- other teams can pull this off. Like, you first of all, you have to have an excellent farm system, which the Braves don't have as much of a great farm system anymore because the, the guys are all in the big leagues, which is a good problem to have. But when the Braves were rebuilding, they had the best farm system in baseball. And honestly, you got to get a little bit lucky. Like, all these guys have clipped, every single one of them pretty much. And that's not the case for a lot of teams and their prospects. Like, look at the Phillies. They've had, they had like, Mickey Moniak, um, I know Alec Bohm has kind of broken out, but they've had all these guys come through, Scott Kingery, Adam Hazley, like, and none of them have clicked except for maybe Bohm this year. And even he's just having a decent year, but nothing compared to like the years that Acuna, Albies, Riley, Michael Harris have had. So it's a little bit of luck that the Rays have been able to do this, but also just having a great scouting department and drafting awesome and doing pretty good in the international market before they got slammed a few years ago with all those sanctions um yeah but yeah i don't i don't know if any teams other teams can do this especially at the scale the braves had of just how many guys they've locked up yeah i don't really i don't think so either i mean they've locked up pretty much an entire starting lineup for the next seven years which is crazy um but yeah no it's just crazy to me how anthopolis is able to do it and i mean like you said it is a it is a thing to where they click and Obviously, they like playing for Atlanta. Michael Harris is from Atlanta. Von Grissom from Florida, I'm pretty sure. Strider's from around this area. So, I mean, it definitely that plays a part in it, is getting guys that are probably grew up Braves fans or close to Matt home Olsen and all that too. good stuff. Yeah, Matt Olson, Austin Riley's yeah. from Mississippi. Um, so, yeah, that probably plays a huge role. So, it's just crazy. Like, every time one of these deals comes out, I'm like, how is he doing this? Because – it just doesn't happen. No sports does this happen or yeah, really any sport, no team in the MLB has done it. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, it's, it's another thing of just the guys being comfortable here too. And I mean, every single one of these contracts, except for like Matt Olson, maybe because he's 28 when he, this year when he signed his, but it, yeah. we put, I mean, it's a lot of money for these young guys and nothing is for certain in baseball. Like, I mean, you kind of seen it with Ron Acuna. I mean, he's going to be fine, but he tore his ACL. Like that's that could change the trajectory of your whole career and being able to lock in that money, life changing amount of money. It's very important, and you know, it's awesome. These guys are, I mean, they're our age and they're making millions of dollars. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I yeah. put myself in their shoes, and you know, you're playing for the Braves. They're a really good team, and it's a cool place to live and all that. Just kind of everything you could ask for. But uh, yeah. You got to have all those factors. They all they all factor into how you can pull this kind of stuff off. So, yeah, that's, that's a good that was a good thing to bring up because it is just really insane when you really look at it. Yeah. Uh, so, y'all got anything else about the Strider uh, contract? Anything like that before we get into the Phillies and the roster stuff? No, let's get to the good stuff. All right. Yeah. So, uh, end up being the Phillies winning in that uh, wild card series against the Cardinals. Um, I think we all said we would rather play the Phillies than the Cardinals last week, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yep. Yeah. Um, wasn't the best case scenario because they did sweep them. It would have been more ideal for it to go to three games and really try to burn out their bullpen and their pitching. But 
only went to Philly swept them pretty wild game one in that series of the Phillies just snatching the rug out from under them and the Cardinals just collapsing. Um, kind of kind of opposite of what you would thought would happen with those two teams happened in game one. But um, we won't get too deep into all that. But yeah, the Phillies beat the Cardinals in a bit of an upset and it's going to be Braves-Phillies in the NLDS. Um, go through the probable starters here for the first three games. And these are probable Nothing is for sure here, but this is the uh, general consensus. Game one, Braves have already announced this. It's going to be Max Freed. And uh, I don't know if the Phillies have announced Ranger Suarez, but that is the general consensus of who's going to be their starter. Uh, game two is going to be Kyle Wright, probably, against Zach Wheeler. And game three, Charlie Morton versus Aaron Nola, with the small caveat of maybe Spencer Strider can pitch in game three if he's feeling really good. But personally, I don't think if Strider is able to start, I don't think it'll be till game four. But um, looking at these numbers, every pitcher has pretty good numbers against the other team, except for Charlie Morton, because his numbers against the Phillies this year are really bad. He's got a 5-4-7 ERA, over uh, five starts and 26 and uh, one-third innings pitch. But um, yeah, what do you guys think about um, the starting pitching for the Braves? Um, talk about Strider a little more here, the absence of him, having to use Morton over him and uh the Phillies kind of having to use their rotation out of order because they had to use Wheeler and Nola in the wild card series. Yeah, uh, uh, Ranger Suarez has actually pitched pretty pretty decent against us. His last three starts against the Braves, uh, he's gone five innings, six innings, six innings, and he's he's given up one run in in one of those games. So you know, tough matchup still, even though it's not their number one. Um, you know, but we got our ace on the mound. Um, you know, I hope Max is ready. He uh, he, usually, he usually shines in these moments, and so I, I think he's going to bring it game one. Yeah, I, I mean, he's the guy that I would want on the mound for that game one because especially in the DS series, that's a pivotal game. You you pretty much – you don't have to win it, obviously, um, but it, it's a big one to win just to get that first one out of the way in the series and put the other team against – their backs against the wall. So he's definitely the guy that I want. And then Ranger Suarez, he has the good numbers against the Braves uh, this season. But, I mean, when it gets to the playoffs, things are ramped up a notch. Like, you know, I don't really know when Ranger Suarez starts against the Braves were. You know, it could have been one of those, you know, throwaway day games, a Sunday 1 p.m. game where the teams aren't as focused. Um, but when it comes to the playoffs, you know, the teams lock in a little bit more. And the Braves have kind of mashed lefties all year. So hopefully we can get on them quick. Uh, I think that's when the Braves are the best is when they don't have to play from behind and can get on somebody early. But it's a good matchup for sure. All three all three matchups, all three games are definitely good pitching matchups. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I'll talk about Morton a little bit here. And uh, maybe it might be Strider game too, like I said, if I think that, that's best case scenario, obviously, if he feels good enough to go. I don't know, that'd be Friday night. So there's still a little bit of time in between now and Friday, and he says he felt good today. So I don't think it's impossible that he could start game three, but we still don't even know if he's starting at all. He could be in the bullpen. But, um, yeah, Morton I'm a bit concerned about. I mean, his numbers against the Phillies are ugly. Um, he was pretty bad in his last start against the Phillies, um, if y'all remember correctly. It was the Sunday crazy rain delay extra inning game that the Braves won. Um, but Morton was really bad in that start, and that was his last time pitching against Philly. So I am a bit concerned about that. But another thing I want to talk about is if Strider is not able to start, let's just say he's in the bullpen, he's maybe available for two, three innings max. What would y'all do in game four? Because um, we can get into a little bit of the roster stuff here and who uh, y'all think can make these little crunch spots. But um, if Strider can only go two or three innings in game four, you're going to have to use a Jake Odorizzi, Bryce Elder, Maybe Kyle Muller. I don't think that's likely, but um, yeah. What do you guys think of that? Maybe Jesse Chavez too is an option. He's a guy that's can go multiple innings and um open games. But uh, what would you guys do if Strider could only go like two innings max in a game four situation? Yeah, I mean it all depends on how game three goes. The the, the Friday before, um, so you know, Oda Rizzi's probably your best bet. I mean, if they know Strider is uh you know, kind of banged up. They're just going to give it to Oda Rizzi. I think, I think he'll start the game if, if Strider's not a hundred percent. But if, if that happens, I think, I think, I mean, you could do a combo of, of Strider and, and Oda Rizzi 
you know, Odorizzi's coming off a, a, a very clutch performance against the Marlins uh, to, to clinch the pennant um, or to, to clinch the division. Uh, but, but yeah, hopefully he can bring some momentum into the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the confidence level kind of wavers depending on what the series is looking like. If we're going into that game 2-1, uh, I mean, obviously I would I would say Odorizzi. I think Odorizzi gets that start either way, whether we're down. But if we're down 2-1, then I'm not feeling too good about it. He's, he's definitely mm-hmm. going to be like that short leash, just like he was in his last start where we were able to clinch the division. Uh, you know, you get him out of there as soon as possible and – then make it make it work from there with the bullpen guys, but starter being down is tough right now, man. That's that's a that's a big loss just because we don't really have the starting depth right now. Um, but I, I think Odorizzi gets that start regardless, just because he's the guy that's been in the rotation since since we got him at All Star at the trade deadline. Um, it wouldn't surprise me either if you know we may go like a Jackson Stevens or even Dylan Lee, because I want to say Dylan Lee got a start in the World Series last year, right? He did. He Yeah. yeah. He, that, that ended up being the Kyle Wright game where um, <laughs> Dylan Lee couldn't make it out of the first inning, which was a pretty unfortunate right. for him. Yeah. Yeah. But um, well, that's bringing up, yeah, bring up Dylan Lee. That's uh, That was good because uh, in the past during playoff games, the Braves have used openers. Like, I think a good comparison for Jake Odorizzi was Drew Smiley last year. They're pretty similar. They're just fifth starter types or not very sexy at all. I, I mean, you really don't want these guys pitching like major, major innings. But, um, you know, last year with the Braves only had three starters going to the playoffs. So it was Freed, Wharton, and Ian Anderson. So they had to do something for that game four. And I remember against the Dodgers, they did Jesse Chavez as the opener. Then Drew Smiley took over and I think he pitched four innings and he gave up one or two runs. He pitched pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be what they um, strategy they deploy. I'll disagree with you on one thing, Sean. I think if they're down 2-1, I think they might go max freed on three days rest just because your back's really Yeah, I mean. And you, you might. Would, I mean, I'm, you, putting the season in the hand of Jake Odorizzi is just not something I want to be a part of. It's That scares me a lot. Right, <laughs> right. No, no, I, I can see that. Max Freed, that is – he can pitch on three days rest. Like I definitely would trust him in that situation. Uh, but yeah, Odor, I'm just hoping we don't have to go into that situation. Honestly. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, we I can mean, just yeah, get it done. Hopefully, we can get it done in three. Man, that's that's ideal. Obviously, get it done. Yeah, and that's that's on the table. I mean, the Phillies are they're good. Obviously, like I don't think a bad team can just fake it for this long and beat a right. good Cardinals team on the road. But the Braves are on paper are clearly the better team and i don't know what the vegas odds are right now but i'm sure the braves are pretty strong favorites in vegas um so yeah i like a sweep is possible but i don't think you can ever assume a sweep in the playoffs but you never know but yeah game four it's just there's no great options if strider can't start let's put it that way um, yeah but uh that that can that can just segue us into like the roster crunch here for the pitchers um so let's say I, strider i have one more thing oh uh, yeah I was just thinking, just honestly, just sitting here thinking about the game ones that we've had in the past, I guess what you would say, how long has it been? This is our fifth year, right? Going back yeah. to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in the past four years, that first game has been rough. If you think back at it, last year we lost, I want to say like one nothing, or it was a real low scoring game. It, against it's like Milwaukee. two to one. Yeah. 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 I think we got like a Jock Peterson bomb last year in game one I think that was the only run we scored and then the yeah. year before that we faced trevor bauer against the reds uh in the covid oh God, we got that's, shut down and for that's about, flat flashbacks right there yeah that's Vietnam I mean, we, won, we won it we won it and then uh what the year before that was the cardinals we lost that game too uh, i was at that lost, game lost that game and then the year before that was the dodgers so i mean like the yeah. game ones are they've been tough for us but i would the one thing I wanted to note, especially the last like three years, is we had Trevor Bauer or we faced Trevor Bauer in 2020. And then last year, I can't remember who the Brewers rolled out, but they had some good arms last year. It was, I'm not sure it if was it was Corbin Burns. Burns or Woodruff. Yeah, it was Burns. Was it, it, was, it was Burns? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Ranger Suarez is a good pitcher, but he's not on that level. So, hopefully it's a different type of game one for us. And we're not out there just 
I mean, I think against Trevor Bauer, I almost turned that game off because we were swinging at everything. And I was just like, dude, I don't even care if we win at this point. I'm just tired of watching it. But <laughs> I, Yeah, I agree. That was, that was an awful game. I'm but just yeah, really that's... hoping it's not like that. Ranger Swords is not – he's not on their level. So, hopefully we can actually put up some runs. And also, their bullpen is not on that level either. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, that was just something I was thinking about. Just, just the game one starts that we've had uh, in the low scoring and kind of they look – they look dead, and then, I mean, they usually come out for those game two and three. After that, they just need that one game to get going. But I, I hope it's not like that, but we'll see yeah. tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, that was a good point because I didn't even realize, but Bauer and Burns won the Cy Young in both of those years. Exactly. So that's pretty unlucky to get that back-to-back seasons. And, yeah, Ranger Suarez, he's good. He's a good pitcher, but like you said, he's a lefty. The Braves have mashed lefties all year, and he's he's a good pitcher, but he's not a Cy Young guy like Bauer and Burns. He's were. a guy that you can still get to after, like, a time one time through the order. Yeah, he's their game three starter. Like, and, if, yeah. if the Phillies had it their way, it would be Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. Like, But he's still a good pitcher, don't get me wrong, but that he's not it's not the ideal situation for Philly at all. Um but yeah that was that was a good point because yeah the Braves have they've been pretty rough in those game ones. Um Definitely. but hopefully that can change. And uh yeah talking about the that game four and all that probable starter for that game uh, we can get into the roster now and what we think the Braves are gonna do. Uh, so I have a listed out here I got three categories locks probably and the long shots. So the locks are pretty self-explanatory. It's Max Fried, who is confirmed for game one. Kyle Wright, Strider, if he's healthy, which I think he's going to be on the roster in some capacity. Um, I don't know if it's going to be starter or reliever. Then I have Charlie Morton, Kenley Jansen, Rysel Iglesias, AJ Mentor, Colin McHugh, Dylan Lee, and Jesse Chavez. My probably are Tyler Madsick, Jake Odorizzi, Jackson Stevens. And my long shots are Bryce Elder, Kyle Muller, Jay Jackson, we, there, there's some names on the long shots. Uh, Jay Jackson, Silvino Bracho, I think that's how you say his name, William Woods, and Freddie Tarnick. I think Freddie Tarnick's in his own category of Hail Mary, um, <laughs> but he's a he's a talented prospect, and in the postseason you go with talent, so if the Braves think that he's like the best option, they might just throw him in the pen just to see, but I would be genuinely surprised if they did that. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you have any discrepancies of – guys you think might not be locks or should be locks or uh, guys you think are closer than long shots for pitchers? No, actually. Well, now that we were just, we were ahead, just talking about Jake Odorizzi, I mean, if you are, you know, you're preparing for that situation where he's going to be on the mound or he's a potential starter, I would probably take him from a probably to a lock. Um, yeah. Just, just, just in preparation for that situation because, I mean, if we get there and he's not on the roster, then – who knows who we throw and you're kind of screwed at that point um yeah, and, yeah that's, uh, even, my, that's the one thing and even if strider is full tilt and can start i think other is still going to be on the team as just garbage time if if we're just getting blown out and you need a guy to pitch the last four innings and just eat it he's that's still a role for him um, but the reason i have him in probably was if they just somehow thought that bryce elder was better than him or muller which i don't think they do and i don't think they're going to do that yeah. but I just think there's a at least a small chance that they would take Bryce Elder over him, or I think we have Bryce Elder over Mueller for sure. Um, but I don't think that's very likely at all. So, what do you think, Evan? Yeah, it all depends on on Strider's health. Um, you know, if he's on the roster, I think Elder and Mueller stay off. Um, if if you have questions about his health and and he's not on the roster, I think you call up Elder for another right-handed pitcher uh, that can that can have some length. Um, if you if you need it, because Odorizzi will, you know, presumably be starting uh, game four if that happens. Um, but but yeah, that's the only question for me. I think I think the locks are, are dead on. Yeah. And if, if somehow Strider just doesn't end up on the team at all, if he is maybe like a setback or something, I think and, and that opens up a pitching spot. I think they would just give it to Elder. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's where I have like the one inning guys for that situation, like Jay Jackson Racho and William Woods, um, they might just want to go for like another just typical reliever. Um, but I think they would probably go elder, but I don't think that's um likely at all that uh Strider's not gonna be on the roster 
in any capacity. Uh, so, yeah, the Braves will have a ton of question marks, really, with their roster spots. Um, they just have, like, the little bottom-of-the-barrel questions. Um, and that's pretty much the same for the position players. We can get into those now. Um, I'll go ahead and list out the locks. Uh, these are in no particular order, by the way. I just – off the top of my head, I just typed out the guys. Uh, so, I got Ronald Acuna, lock, Michael Harris, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson, Travis Darno, William Contreras, Orlando Arcia, and Guillermo Heredia as locks. My probables are Vaughn Grissom, Robbie Grossman, Eddie Rosario, and Marcelo Zuna. Um, and the long shots are Erde Adrianza, Chadwick Trump, who I want to talk about for a minute because I got a little theory on Trump, and Jake Marisnik, who I wouldn't have put him on here, but um, he was reported to be at the Braves' little workout today that they had. And he was taking batting practice and stuff. So that's the reason I put him on there because um, he's a guy that's super fast and can play defense. So I think that he definitely has some kind of chance to make the team. Uh, so what do you guys think of uh, the setup here? I know Evan had some uh, Guillermo Heredia questions. Yeah. Um, you know, the more I thought about it, I think Heredia has to be on the roster. I mean, he's the cheerleader. He's he's the heart and, and soul of the team in, in the dugout. Um, but but. You kind of have to question um, for backup infielders right now. All you have is Vaughn Grissom. He, he's the only backup infielder on the roster. I was thinking Adrianza might might bump up and take Heredia's spot, but you know the more you think about it, you, you got to have Heredia there. You got to. Yeah, and he. Yeah, I'm kind of. Go ahead, Sean. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, was, I was just gonna say, like he is he is the cheerleader, but he does have like an actual role. Like he comes in for. And I put I put Grossman and Rosario as probably they're good. I think they're both going to be on the team, but I think there is a slight chance that one of them just might not make it. I'd be very surprised, but I think there's a chance. But he is the defensive replacement for those two guys, or Ozuna if he's somehow out there. Um, and he's a pinch runner too. He's the fastest guy on the bench, and uh, so I think he's a pretty clear cut role there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think he has to be on there. Uh... I know he's the defensive sub and, like you said, the runner, first runner off the bench. Um, but the four – so the four probablys, Grissom, Grossman, Rosario, and Ozuna, whose bat do you trust the most out of, out of those four? Because I, I don't know. Uh, well, I say Ozuna right now. In, Ozuna in right now. September and October, he batted 321 with a 950 OPS. I mean, he was he was on fire, and uh, you know, you saw in the in the last two games of the of the Mets series, he was starting, and I think that was kind of yeah. foreshadowing what they're going to do in the playoffs. I think he's going to get some starting time for sure. Yeah, I'm scared he might struggle against the especially Wheeler and Nola. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are two tough at bats, and I mean, I just feel like against those guys he he just seems i don't know what his numbers are obviously they could be good against both of those guys or whatever but i just feel like though he would struggle against those guys and rosario as much as you want to really be like oh he's going to do it again he's going to go off uh it's it's a different year different feeling he hasn't really swung the bat well at all when he's played mm-hmm. um and then grossman's value obviously just comes from him being a switch hitter um that he can he can turn around and hit from both sides of the play. I think he's better from the right side. Um, I believe. I'm not yeah, sure. He is. He matches sure lefties. Yeah. So he gets that, the values there for him, and then Grissom's just they they kind of used him a weird way down the stretch. Um, for sure. Just having RC in, and I don't think. Like I said, I don't. I didn't watch too much of the Braves in, down the stretch, which I hate. But I know they use him weird, and like he didn't start as much and start as often as he did before. Uh, so it'll be interesting just out of those four guys because I don't think all four of them will make the roster. But it'll be interesting to see uh, who gets left off. Yeah. Um, and to answer your question about the who I think the best bat is, I know the Braves for sure think it's Ozuna. I think they made that abundantly clear in the Mets series by starting him over Contreras, which that's where my issue lies with the Ozuna thing. Um, If you want, you could easily make the argument that Ozuna is the best bat between him, Rosario and Grossman. I don't think it's against right-handed pitching um, because Ozuna's got terrible numbers against lefties this year. But I think if you're going to play him, you kind of need to bite the bullet and put him in left. Cause I just, I hate 
hate having Contreras on the bench. I just do. Mm-hmm. I think he should be DHing or catching every game this playoffs. But I think and I know for a fact Ozuna's not going to start in game one against the lefty. So it's going to be Contreras and Grossman uh for the DH and left field spot. But um I think they're gonna start Ozuna at DH against righties. I really do. And that's gonna be with the Wheeler and Nola games. And um I don't like that. I don't agree with it. I I would understand it if you put him in left field and you kept Contreras in, but um I think that Met series was definitely some foreshadowing of what they're going to do. And uh, as far as Von Grissom goes, he he might be – I don't want to say he's in danger of not making the team, but it wouldn't absolutely stun me if he didn't make it. But I, I do think he is going to make it because he is like a good bat off the bench. Um, but I think if if they went Adrianza over Grissom or uh, maybe like Chadwick Trump, which I can get into in a second, um, Adrianza I think plays more reliable defense and he's a bit more versatile. He can – play all the infield spots and corner outfield and they never ended up trying Vaughn in left field. So he doesn't have that versatility that Adrianza can offer. But um yeah, I think uh I think he's gonna make it, but I think out of the four probable guys, he's the one that's might be the most in question just because he barely played down the stretch. Right. Well uh, so yeah now he's like, he, he plays in a loaded infield as well. So yeah and Arcia just straight up took his job pretty much like yeah. Like just and that happened quick too. Like it was it's all of a sudden it was RC every day. And he he earned it. RC has been pretty good uh, down the stretch and he's he's hit and I I trust his defense more than Grissom's too. I don't think Grissom's bad, but RC is a shortstop playing second base. He can he's definitely above average at he's that. He's got position. a cannon. Yeah. Uh so now we and um Ozzy, by the way, we should probably mention this real quick since we're talking about the middle infield. Um Ozzy is out of his cast and uh Brian Snicker said it's just now it's just trying to build strength in that pinky. And um, so it sounds like you can probably he's probably gonna be back for the CS if the Braves make it. Uh which that'll be a that'll be a lift. But um he says that he's gonna travel with the team during the DS, but he's not gonna be on the team. Uh, so hopefully he can come back for the NLCS if the Braves make it, which I think they will. Uh so now we can get into the bottom of the barrel talk right here, the long shots. We mentioned Adrianza and Trump briefly. I just kind of gave the uh, reasoning for Adrianza to maybe make the team, even though he has just barely played at all since coming to the Braves. I think he has like 15 plate appearances with the Braves this year. Um, but now I'll get into the Chadwick Trump argument right now. Um, I think Trump has maybe like five at bats this year with the Braves. <laughs> I think he played in one, maybe two games um, in Miami. I think he had three hits that game. So his numbers this year are probably insane. But um, I think it's possible that he can make the team. Uh, the Braves in 2018 and 2019, they went with three catchers in uh, both those series. And I think that might even be more of a need now with um, Darno and Contreras both playing. I know in the regular season, it's not a huge deal if one of those guys got hurt and you had to give up the DH. Like, for example, if Darno got hurt behind the plate and Contreras had to go catch, you lose the DH. That's fine if that happens in the regular season for just one game. You can live with that, but you cannot live with that in the playoffs. And just giving up the DH and having the pitcher spot come around and you actually having to use these bench guys over Darno or Contreras is not good. Um, so I think having Trump as just the third catcher for a great glass in case of an emergency player, if Darno or Contreras gets hurt behind the plate, I think that could be valuable. And um, I think it, it has a chance of happening. I don't know if it will for sure, but it's something the Braves have done in the past. And um, I think there's a chance that it could happen. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's interesting that they've carried three catchers the past couple of years. Um, I remember that series down in Miami where he was just going off. I think he had two or three doubles. I'm going um, to pull up his baseball reference. Yeah, his, his OPS has to be <laughs> off, off the charts. Yeah. Um, but I remember he he like pulled a hamstring or he was injured uh, running to second base. I remember. And he had to finish the game. Yeah, yeah, he stayed in there like a champion because we we didn't have a backup catcher, I don't think, um, mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, you know, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, that's not that is definitely a long shot, but I could I could hundred percent see that happening. Yeah, and I'll read out his, yeah. his stats real quick this year. Um, it's one game, four plate appearances, four at bats, three for four with two doubles, three RBIs, a seven fifty batting average, seven fifty on base. A one dot two five zero slug and a two thousand OPS. That's a four hundred and forty eight OPS plus, which is three hundred and forty eight percent above league average. It's just one game, obviously. We're, just, we're kind of joking, 
Um, but yeah, I like I like my guy, the Tropical Storm. That's his Twitter name, Tropical Storm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So um, I think if he if he is on the team, it's going to be very like it's only if it's a bad thing if Trump is playing in the playoffs because that means Darnell or Contreras is hurt. Um, but yeah, just to have him in case of emergency, I think would be uh, something that they might consider. But it, it would you would have to take a spot away from maybe Von Grissom, I think, because I, I think all three of those outfielders are going to make it between Grossman, Rosario, and Ozuna. Uh, so I think it would be he would be taking Grissom's spot, which I couldn't imagine that going over well on Twitter if they come out with that roster tomorrow and Grissom's off and Shadow Trump is on. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Yeah, no, you definitely would rather be safe than sorry in that situation. Uh and keep that third catcher on because, like you said, you don't want to get to that spot where you're throwing uh, – I don't even know who the emergency catcher would be on our roster. Von, Von Grissom, maybe? I don't know. I don't – I haven't would not thought about that. that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, know I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I would probably say like – I know we had Charlie a couple years. Yeah, Charlie was Culberson the, the was, but guy. he was super util. If Adrianza was on the team, I think it would be him. Um, but if Adrianza or Trump aren't on the team, I would probably say it's Robbie Grossman, maybe or Eddie or Ozuna. No, I can't be Ozuna actually. His arm is awful. Um, Isn't Grossman a lefty, lefty thrower? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. It would ha- I mean, I, I would say yeah. it would be Grissom <laughs> if it got to yeah. that situation. Yeah, let's just hope that doesn't have to happen. That would, that would require Darno and Contreras getting hurt <laughs> in, in the same but game. Yeah. Yeah, so now that you mentioned that we've that we've carried three catchers, it wouldn't I guess it wouldn't really surprise me to see uh the roster when they announce it, uh to see Trump on the roster, which I'm sure, like you said, somebody that fans want to see on the roster would be left off in that situation. But when it comes down to it, it's probably the smart decision and safe decision if because if you really need him, he he's the only guy in that situation. Yeah, and honestly, if I had him my way, I probably just I would probably have Trump on the roster and I would probably leave Ozuna off. Um Ooh. I know his bat is better than Grossman and Rosario, but the only reason I say I would leave him off is because I just know how they're gonna use him and he's gonna be taking time away from William. And I don't want that. I, I hate that. That's the one thing I hate that they did in the Met series. I I really did not like that one bit. Um so I hope that they have a change of heart, but I really don't think they're going to. And I think Ozuna is going to be the DH and when they're facing a righty. But um and, and and unless he's just like I think they're gonna give him a shot and if he's just awful, then maybe they pivot to back to Contreras being the full time DH. But yeah, if I had it my way, that's what I would do. Um so yeah, you guys got any more uh takes on the position players on the team? I do not, no. Don't. No. All right. So we're gonna move on to the final portion of the show, and I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here, make you uh really fire off some takes. So uh, first thing <laughs> I need out of you guys. I need a series prediction. So what team's going to win and how many games? Um, I'll let you guys go first. So, uh, Evan, you start. All right. Um, Braves in three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think hey, – that's, Hey, that's not a – it's possible. I think I think Braves in four. I think they – let's see. Aaron Nola, man. I'm, I'm looking at game three, and, and Charlie Morton versus Aaron Nola is the probable starters. I think that's the game we drop. And then hopefully Strider comes back in game four um, and, and just pitches the lights out. I, I think that's how it's going to go. I, Braves in four. That's my. Okay. I got I got the Braves in three. Um, I think the playoff experience, and I know the Phillies are hot. They're feeling good right now, um, especially after that big series win where they went on the road and took two, two straight against the Cardinals. But I got the Braves in three. Um, I think the Phillies will just be outmatched. I think we'll have a good game plan for Schwarber and and Bryce Harper not letting them be the guys that kill us in the series. Um, and I think, I mean, the our bats, we've we've had the timely hitting uh, like we did against the Mets. We know what it takes. We have the clutch guys that have proven it year after year. Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, uh, Darno. They they all three of those guys have been huge in the playoffs uh the last two years um so i think we get him in three 
pitching does well. Um, if we were to drop a game, then I would I would go game two. I think I just feel like we struggle with Zach Wheeler so much. He's got the high velocity. He's got the nasty slider. Uh, he'll be amped up, and he usually usually gives us a good game. But I got this in three. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Braves in four with Evan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the losing game two instead of three. I just think it's just so obvious that game three is like the worst possible matchup that the Braves are gonna win it. It's gonna be like a weird baseball thing that they're gonna <laughs> win the Charlie Morton Aaron Nola game. Um, I think they're gonna drop game two. I'll just say that I think that Kyle Wright might get touched up a little bit. That's my my guess, my bold take right there. But I, I got Braves well, in four. Not. I hope not either. But I'm just I'm just trying to. Trying to spice things up a little bit. I think they might yeah, win game I three. I, th- I think that could be – I think that's just how baseball works sometimes of just having the worst matchup possible in the series on paper and you win the game. So I'm going to go with that. And, uh, yeah, like you said about neutralizing Schwarber and Harper, those lefty bats, I think in game one, Freed's going to do that. And uh, Bryce Harper really hasn't been the same since coming back from that injury. I think they mm-hmm. kind of – they probably rushed him back a little bit to make the playoffs. Um, I know he had a homer in that Cardinals series, but – Coming into the playoffs, he had been on a cold streak. And uh, Kyle Schwarber, he's been awesome this year. I think he yeah, he leads the NL in homers. I think he had like 46 or 47 homers. And, uh, yeah, um, I think they're going to be able to keep those guys at bay. Uh, but the Phillies have some power, so got to try to prevent the long ball. And if you do give it the long ball, try to make it a solo shot. But I'm going to go Braves in four for uh, my prediction. And uh, the next prediction I'm going to get out of you guys is a double prediction. I would need series MVP. And then your long shot of a series MVP, your dark horse candidate for it. So uh, don't go ahead and uh, give me that right there. All right, I'll go first. Um, let's see. Let's look. Let's look at the roster. I think I'm taking. I'm taking the the rook. I'm taking Michael Harris MVP. Um, good pick. I'm, he's good been pick. unbelievable. That's like that's it. my pick. Yeah. What about your dark horse? Dark horse. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Just like we had Jocktober last year, we're having Grosstober. Robbie Grossman comes off the bench and hits two pinch hit home runs, and uh, he he he's my dark horse MVP. Grosstober, baby. I love it. I love it. I love Grossman. <laughs> I like it. Um, let's see, I think series MVP. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dansby. It just feels like the safe pick. He's hot. He's clutch. I mean, he he just he seems to turn it up to a different level um, in the playoffs and in the clutch moments in the big game. So I'm gonna go with Dansby. I would love to see a huge series out of him. Uh, for my dark horse sleeper pick, I'm gonna go Arcia. He's gonna hit in that middle to bottom part of the order. He could come up in some big situations, and I think he comes through more times than not. So. I think he's going to drive in some big runs that helps us win on uh, maybe all all three games, maybe one big game. Uh, but I think he he's going to come up in some big spots, and I think he's going to come through, slap some line drives to the right field, to right field like he likes to do. Um, but, yeah, that, that's who I got. Both good picks, definitely. Um, but for my, my uh, non-Dark Horse pick, I'm going to go with Ronald Acuna Jr., he hadn't had Man. he hasn't had the greatest season ever, but uh, we all know he's coming off that ACL. His knee's still not one hundred percent, but the Braves have a whole week off before they play, and I imagine that's very helpful for Ronald and his knee having all that time off to nurse that thing and get it right. And uh, Ronald has been great in his playoff career, and I think he's going to be a man on a mission this postseason because he missed last year's run, had to watch it from the dugout, the team winning the World Series. I know he loved it, but he probably hated it at the same time, him not being out there. So I think Ronald's going to have his hair on fire this series. He's going to be bad in leadoff. Knee's going to be feeling good. Um, I know the last time he faced the Phillies, he took Aaron Nola deep, and he had that big homer in the eighth inning to tie the game in Atlanta. So uh, I'm going Ronald Acuna Jr. for my main MVP. And for my dark horse, I'm a I'm a copy Sean. I'm gonna go with Orlando Arcia. Uh, he's gonna be playing every game, I'd imagine, and um, he's been really good down the stretch. I think I think you said his hitting. I think his defense is gonna come in and handy in this series. He's been awesome at second base, and I think it's gonna continue. And I think he's gonna sprinkle in some uh, 
some timely hitting. I don't think he's going to be scorching hot, yeah. like a 10-hit series or something like that. But I think he's going to have maybe like four or five, six hits, and they're going to be just back-breaking clutch hits. Because when you go down this Braves lineup, you try to find out. It's hard to find out in this lineup. They're very deep. And I think these pitchers are going to be circling Orlando as the guy that you got to get, that guy that can't beat you. Um, so I think Orlando is going to be the chiropractor, the backbreaker in this series. And um, he's going to have some very clutch hits, and he's going to be my dark horse pick for series MVP. I yeah, I mean, I love it too. I would love to see Ronald Acuna go off and finally put a, a few stretch of or a few games back to back to back together to where he, he looks like himself again. Uh, but yeah, Arcia, I definitely think he's he's going to have some big moments, man. And I hope he comes through and I feel like he's going to. But yeah, I think good picks all around. So we had Harris, Dansby, Ronald, then two Arcias and a Grossman. I like the Grossman pick too. I thought about <laughs> him. Um, because he he has he has a flair for the dramatic. He's got some big homers this year. He obviously had that huge one in Seattle. Um, he had the big one against the Mets too that uh put him back in a game one time this year. So he's he's got that clutch gene, he's kind of got that little jock to him, and he's gonna get some playing time. He's gonna play in game one for sure, I think, against the lefty Suarez. So I like I like Robbie Grossman a lot. I think he's gonna he's gonna play well this series too. So I think good picks all around, guys. I thought about Michael Harris for my main MVP too because I think he he owns Aaron Nola. I think he's got like two or three homers off him this year already. So I think I think circle game three, Michael Harris as the the hero in that one because I think he's got Aaron Nola's number. That's what I'm pretty impressive. Because Aaron Nola, sure. he's very good. Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, uh, you guys got any uh anything else to say before we get out of here? Oh, I gotta ask you guys one thing. How do you guys feel 24 hours after the um? The uh, the Grady Jarrett incident. Oh man, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it just gets me heated. <laughs> just to sprinkle that in, a little salt in the wind at the end of the episode. Oh man, yeah, I wasn't watching the Falcons game, but it was all over my Twitter. Obviously, uh, once I checked it after the Falcons game was over with, uh, I mean that's one of the worst calls that I think you'll ever see in any football game. And of course, it came to Tom Brady or was called for Tom Brady. But yeah, that was that was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah, just had to see how you. I know me and Ev were together watching it, and neither of us were particularly thrilled about that call. Had to see how you felt, Shauna. Yeah, just yeah. an awful, awful call. Grady um, Jarrett so, made a smart decision not talking to the media after the game because yeah, I know he probably wanted to yep. say some words. Saved himself a lot uh, of money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, how to get that? How to how to break that in a little bit there at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it. Um, so tomorrow, game one, we will be back tomorrow after the game with a, a post game podcast breaking down what happened, um, in game one. And we'll do that for every game of the playoffs. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully talking about a Braves W. So uh, if you made it this far listening to the episode, we really really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.